Lights, Camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome to Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen. We have been looking long and hard at a South Korean movie called Old Boy in the last few weeks. In fact, I'm pretty sure that it was one of our most extensive coverage of a movie. It took us four episodes to cover the film story because it really is that complex. If you have followed us all the way up here. I'm going to assume that you have either seen the movie or have heard me talking about its ending. In case you haven't, here is a spoiler alert. Moving forward, we're going to examine some of the critical moments in the story and see how director Park Chan-wook has intricately woven many elements of surprise and foreshadowing throughout the film to draw us in and hint at us the possible reveals to come. But first, let's strip the story down to its core. What story does Old Boy tell in a nutshell? We can simply say that Odaisu, a middle-aged man, gets abducted and imprisoned by Lee Woo-jin, his archenemy, for 15 years, because Daisu had spread rumor about Lee impregnating his sister back in their teenage years. The rumor later on leads to Lee's sister not being able to deal with the pain of having her reputation tarnished and subsequently committing suicide. Lee eventually releases Daisu back into the world, only to manipulate him into unknowingly having an incestuous relationship with his daughter. Daisu cut off his own tongue after finding out the truth as a way of showing remorse for the damage that he did to Lee, and to beg him not to reveal the devastating truth to his daughter Mido. The film ends with Daisu and his daughter reuniting in a snowy forest, facing their unknown future. For those of you who are fans of classic literature, namely Greek mythology, the plot would undoubtedly sound familiar. It bears quite a few similarities to the tragedy of Oedipus. Director Park Woo Chan has said that he draws inspiration from Oedipus the King, and that there is much similarity between his film and the much older source material. Oedipus the King tells the story of Oedipus, who unknowingly fulfills a prophecy that he would kill his father and marry his mother. Indeed, even the ending bears striking resemblance. After finding out the truth, Daisu cuts off his own tongue, whereas Oedipus pierces his eyes. Both are acts of self-mutilation, as an ultimate expression of pain and remorse. But what sets Old Boy apart is that this is very much his own material. Any movie maker can adapt a classic source material onto the big screen in hope to evoke some sense of familiarity among the audience. In fact, many filmmakers have done just that in the past with varying degrees of success. The bad and mediocre ones often suffer from similar issues in that they are just lazy adaptations. Borrowing plot twists and changes directly from the source material, with little adjustment to the new world that the film is based in. 
and this is exactly where Park Chan-wook excels. Old boy is said in modern South Korea, a vivid modern Asian country of which the identity and culture are vastly different from ancient Greece. And the director has done a thorough job of placing the characters in this new environment that makes the story current and relevant. In the ancient Greek mythology, the development of the story is mostly moved forward by interpersonal conversations among different characters. But in Old Boy, set in South Korea, which is one of the most internet-savvy nations in the world, Daisu often resorts to chatting with different leads in internet cafes and communicating via phones. This brings a new sense of distance and isolation for our protagonist, as opposed to Oedipus, who is either alone, brooding, performing a monologue, or in a conversation with someone else. The cutting off of some of the direct communications is not only befitting to the world of old boy, after all, nobody talks to people face to face all the time in this day and age, it also allows the director to build suspense and tension. For instance, shortly after Daisu was first released, all of the tips that Wu Jin gave him was transmitted through the mobile phone that he ended up having. Wu Jin's face was never shown in the first part of the film. This makes the audience feel the heightened level of anxiety that Daisu feels every moment. Essentially, the movie feeds us pieces of glimpse of information, and although Daisu does feel like he's getting closer to the truth, the fact that we're getting so little info at a time makes the movie that much more suspenseful. And the lack of face-to-face -face communication makes every real-world encounters, you know, when Daisu does get to talk to people, the confrontations become more explosive. And the confusion becomes even more discombobulating for us who are watching. For instance, when Daisu finally finds its way to the person who was in charge of locking him up for more than a decade, he immediately uses his hammer and starts torturing him. Now, even in the most extreme and violent revenge movies, the hero doesn't jump into action this quickly or indeed not this violently. But because the tension has been building up for so long in Old Boy, I mean, imagine Daisu being in prison for 15 years, and for days after his release, he couldn't get anyone to give him any clue or tip. It's somewhat befitting to see him having this kind of violent emotional outburst. When Daisu comes face to face with his actual captor, Li Bujin, on a number of occasions, their interactions is either filled with intense conversations or downright emotional explosions. Such as when Wujin finally reveals to Daisu of his insidious plan to have him engage in an incestuous relationship with his daughter Mido. Old Boy is a classic example of a successful adaptation of an age-old story in a modern setting. The details in 21st century South Korea weren't just present in the movie as window dressing. A lot of them serve important purposes to help drive the narrative forward and build tension. Another element that was new in Old Boy is what I think the definitive difference between this movie and the Greek mythology on which it is based. And that is the use of hypnosis. It's fascinating how such a key plot device is implemented throughout the movie. When Daisu first gets in prison, he quickly realizes that his daily routine is controlled by others. 
he knows that he's drugged every day and that once in a while his captors come into his room to shower him and trim his hair. He can deduce this because the changes in his appearance and of that in his room is plain obvious. On the other hand, he never realized that he has been under constant hypnosis every time he falls unconscious under the influence of drugs. We as the audience only sees a female hypnotist walking into his room and ringing a bell, but we never understand the purpose of such act. With holding that information is brilliant because this gives us, the audience, more incentives to follow the story along. Although we do see Daisu being hypnotized, we never realize the motivation behind it. So under the circumstances of his imprisonment, we can only guess that it could have to do with further manipulations somewhere down the road. As the movie develops, we don't much see the hypnosis much more for the bulk part of the film. But that element of possible manipulation is always looming in the back of our heads. So when Wu Jin's plot is finally revealed, we as the audience are as shocked as Daisu is. The sudden reveal that hypnosis was used to manipulate Daisu to be attracted to his daughter and vice versa is brilliant. And it's not just because it is a very intelligent plot device, but it's also the way that it was revealed. Like I said earlier, we see him being hypnotized at the beginning, but not much has happened in relation to that act. Throughout the film though, the director has left little clues, some breadcrumbs here and there for us. For instance, when Daisu finds out about his connection with Wu Jin towards the end of the movie, the sound effects of the bell ring appear several times. First as the doorbell in the barbershop where the secret was revealed, and the second time, in a flashback sequence, the ringing sound appears once again as the bicycle bell of Sua, Wu Jin's sister, who was riding past Daisu in the playground. To the more attentive and sensitive members of the audience, this without a doubt hints at the fact that we are getting closer to finding out just what the hypnosis has done to Daisu. Certainly, there is much more that we can unpack from this movie. Old Boy deals with a variety of themes, uh, including that of revenge and generational sin and repentance. It deals with these themes with a kind of depth and complexity that we seldom see in modern cinema. And adding to that, the gorgeous visuals, the soundtracks, and the complex characters and the brilliant acting and we have a rare gem of a thriller in our hand. again for joining me in Lights Camera Asia. This concludes our mini-series, our coverage on Old Boy. I guess that some of our audience might feel that Old Boy was a rather heavy film and that we dwelled on that for a bit long. So next week, we'll be looking at a much more light-hearted movie. This one is called Scoop, and it explores the paparazzi culture in modern Japan. So make sure you tune in next week. 
I'm Jake Chen, and I'll talk to you then. What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm, what do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit english.rti.org 